Welcome to the Julia Curated Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Julia, and this is an informative and entertaining home and lifestyle podcast where we deep dive into one interesting topic each week. Sometimes I invite informed co-hosts to share the important viewpoints, and sometimes you're stuck with just me. But whatever form or fashion this might come in, I hope you leave with a good random fact or two that you can drop at your next dinner party or to the stranger standing behind you in a line at Starbucks. So without further ado, I give you this week's episode, New Year's Traditions, Red Undies, 3 Million Glasses of Champagne, and Good Luck Donuts. Ah, it's the new year. It's that time of year when we might slip on something sparkly, pour ourselves some bubbly, and make out with strangers. But trust me when I tell you that that is the very mildest of the common New Year's happenings. For this episode, we will examine the strange, the mystical, the unknown, and honestly, the straight-up gross traditions that we have to celebrate the old Lang Syne. So first, let's look at the history of this holiday. The first New Year celebration dates back 4,000 years to Julius Caesar, who was the Emperor of Rome. He was the first to declare January 1st a national holiday. He named the month after Janus, not Janus like Jackson, J-A-N-U-S, the Roman god of doors and gates. Janus had two faces, one that looked forward and one that looked back, and Caesar felt that a month named after this god would be fitting. Fast forward about 2,500 years to 600 BC and Baby New Year had its beginning. If you don't know what Baby New Year is, it's the common iconography associated with the holiday. It's a rotund baby, most of the time in some sort of sash with the date on it and a top hat. It's weird. It's one of those weird things where you're like, I don't get it. Well, no one really does. But this started back in ancient Greece, 600 BC, when an infant was paraded around in a basket in celebration of Dionysus the god of fertility, and wine, the baby represents a rebirth that occurs at the start of each new year. Now, for more recent history, if you consider the 1500s to be recent, you can thank a pope, Pope Gregory XIII, for making our new year start on January 1. The Gregorian calendar was introduced in October of 1582 by Pope Gregory as a revised version of the Julian calendar. It took almost 350 years for the world to get on board, though, and Turkey didn't make the switch until 1927. Now, as far as that infamous New Year's kiss, although we know that things got way friskier back then, ancient Romans are credited with the kissing tradition because of their Saturn festival. It was a celebration honoring Saturn, the god of time, where all the social norms went out the window. Many of the celebrations influenced the Christmas and New Year's festivities and became the focus when Christianity took over the Roman Empire. So... I'm sure they were doing a lot more than kissing, but you know what? That is what has survived the test of time. Be glad it's not the other stuff, okay? Now, I'm sure all of us have heard of this song. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought in mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot 
a song traditionally sung at the end of New Year's parties. Now, most people accredit Robert Burns with this lovely lyrical masterpiece, but he heavily borrowed from a Scottish folk song called Old Long Sign. Like most good art, he was inspired and put his own twist on it in 1788, giving us the song that we know and love today. And if you are like me, where you kind of know it, but end up just babbling and humming your way through, that's okay too. The gist of the song is that you just need to remember your loved ones, dead or alive, and keep them in your hearts. Another fun tradition is that at the Mummers Parade in Philadelphia, 10,000 participants step through City Hall and perform in unique costumes. This parade dates back to the mid-17th century. It incorporates elements from Irish, German, English, Sweden, and other European heritages. The parade itself is divided into five divisions, a comic division, wrench brigades, fancy division, string bands, and fancy bridges. I don't even know what all of that means, but I feel like it would be a real good time. If you are in the area for New Year's, be sure to check it out and send me pictures, please, because I need to see what's going on. Now, since we're talking about locations, let's go over to Akita, Japan, because New Year's is sure to be terrifying there for children. There's a local tradition called, and I am so sorry, once again, I I try with these pronunciations, but y'all, I can barely speak English, Namangheng where grown men dress up like demons to scare children into behaving for their parents. Oh my gosh. They go from house to house yelling things like, are there any crybabies at home? Or are the naughty kids around? (laughs) I mean, there's a Krampus for every season, I feel like. And this this is the New Year's Krampus. Now, at the top of the show, you probably heard me say red undies and you were completely confused. Well, let's head to Italy because there people wear red underwear on New Year's Day to bring good luck all year long. And the tradition dates back to medieval times. For the next part of this episode, we are going to talk about the symbolism associated with New Year's. And we can't start anywhere else other than the big elephant in the room, right? Should I say the big ball in the room? (laughs) There's no eloquent way to say that. Long before it was used on New Year's Eve, a ball on the top of England's Royal Observatory in Greenwich was dropped at 1 p.m. every day, starting in 1833. It was dropped to help ship captains coordinate their navigation equipment. Similar balls were set up in coastal areas around the world. And it wasn't until about 80 years later that the first ball drop happened in 1907. So let's talk about that infamous New York City ball. The original ball was made from 700 pounds of iron and wood. It was later reduced to just 400 pounds of wrought iron before they switched it to an aluminum frame in 1955. The now 11,875-pound ball didn't get its new look and materials until the millennium when Waterford, yes, Waterford as in Waterford Crystal, partnered with Philips Lighting to create a shimmery LED display. Waterford comes up with a new ball pattern every year. The sphere is made up of 2,688 crystal triangles and has over 32,000 lights. It also displays over 16 million color patterns. 
So for all you color lovers out there, I highly suggest you Google this and look at what design they come up with each year and how they do it. It's a fascinating story, one that I'm sure I'll cover in a future episode. Now, other than that infamous big ball, there are a million other symbols and traditions associated with this holiday. Okay, that might be a stretch, but there are a lot of them, and they range from pretty mild to pretty extreme. Say, for example, a drag queen popping out of a shoe, sort of extreme. But let's start with some of the more well-known ones, shall we? One of the most popular foods to make during this holiday is called Hoppin' John's. That's how I grew up calling it. And basically, it's a mixture of greens, rice, and beans. And you want to make sure to eat those leafy greens on New Year's because tradition says that the more leafy greens a person eats, the more prosperity he or she will experience. Tradition also says that beans bring prosperity because they look like coins. Another lovely tradition is to make sure to be surrounded by family or loved ones on the New Year's Eve. The first person you come across in the New Year could set the tone for the next 12 months. So certainly avoid that person that's what I would like to call a sucky person. You don't want that that happening to you for the next 12 months. Avoid them like the plague. Actually run away from them. If it's like 1159 and you see your ex-boyfriend and he was awful to you, literally throw your drink in his face and then run away. Find a stranger, grab him and kiss him, and let's hope he's not a serial killer, right? Because we also don't need to be taking that karma into the new year. But getting back to this infamous kiss. This applies to couples as well. If a couple celebrating New Year's together does not kiss, the future of the relationship might be Splitsville. So make sure to lay one on your significant other. Lobsters and chicken are considered bad luck because lobsters can move backwards and chickens can scratch in reverse. So it's thought that these foods could bring a reversal of fortune. Now about those firecrackers. To ensure a year of good luck, firecrackers and noisemakers became tradition in order to scare away any remaining evil spirits and to ensure a brand new start. A little side note here. They used to do this in New York City until it became a huge fire hazard. No wonder. And they stopped it. Makes total sense to me. And if you're looking to chug something other than champagne on New Year's, why don't you try grapes? Yes, grapes, lucky grapes. Spanish households carry on the tradition of scarfing down 12 grapes in the first 12 seconds of the new year. The grapes represent each month of the year. And rumor has it that this whole thing started as a marketing tactic for winemakers looking to sell more grapes in the winter. Getting back to it, ring or ring-shaped foods hold special meaning in the new year. Incorporating a round food into your New Year's meal symbolizes that the year has come full circle. Hello, donuts and bagels. So go ahead and pour yourself that glass of champagne. Get you some grapes and scarf down some donuts. I love this holiday. Oh, and if you hear plates breaking in Denmark on New Year's, do not be worried. It's considered good luck. The Danes hold the tradition of throwing plates at the front door of families and friends' homes to welcome good fortune. (laughs) I'm letting all of my neighbors know now. I mean, do this because it would be funny. However, I just painted my front door. Please don't throw a plate at it. Like, can we do something else? Can we throw it at maybe like the ground outside of the door? That's hilarious. And I am 100% going to Denmark for one New Year's Eve in my lifetime. It's happening. Now let's look at some of the interesting statistics because who doesn't love a good fact that's nailed down with a number? And before I move on, I know I tempted you with the drag queen popping out of a shoe. Don't worry. I'm going to circle back to that. I have not forgotten and neither will you. But 
let's look at some numbers. 45% of Americans make New Year's resolutions. The top resolutions are to lose weight, get organized, spend less, save more, stay fit and healthy, and quit smoking. While nearly half of all Americans make resolutions, 25% of them give up on the resolutions by the second week of January. Come on, we can do better, people. Let's at least make it to February. Many people ring in the New Year's by popping open a bottle of champagne. Americans drink close to 360 million glasses of sparkling wine during this time. The bubbly stuff dates back to the 17th century when the cork was invented. Here's another big number. About 1 million people gather in New York City's Times Square to watch the ball drop. The Times Square New Year's Eve ball drop came about because of a ban on fireworks. They had to have something else to do. The first ball drop, as I had mentioned previously, was in 1907 when it was just a measly 700 pounds. Think of it now at 11,000 pounds. And it was lit with 125-watt lights, so it was probably pretty dim. The current ball puts the old one to shame thanks to technology. Today, it is covered in those 2,688 crystals, and it is seen from space. I don't know if that's true. I feel like we could see it from a far away, though. So we're going to go with that. Big gathering in Times Square for New Year's Eve started as a party to celebrate the opening of the New York Times building in 1904. Over 200,000 people attended, and it has been a spectacle ever since, except for during World War II, when wartime restrictions put the tradition on pause from 1942 and 1943. And Times Square revelers observed a moment of silence at midnight instead. Here's a bit of a racy statistic. I hope you really enjoy the pun of this. But according to statistics from the National Insurance Crime Bureau, vehicles are stolen on New Year's Day more than any other holiday. And don't think your old car is safe either. In 2011, the 1994 Honda Accord was the most stolen car. I mean, a Honda Accord will drive forever. I just feel like those were just very smart car thieves. Like, we need to find something with durability, with extension, if we're going to commit grand larceny. Here's another scary number. About 56 tons of trash are left in Times Square after New Year's Eve celebrations. And about 1.5 tons of confetti are also left behind. That's a ton to clean up. Ugh, I'm sorry. I had to do it. Now let's go rapid fire with some other fun facts. Now while 2,000 pounds of confetti are dropped in Times Square, confetti is not a new concept. But in 2015, wishfetti became a part of the tradition. People write their wishes on the new year and submit them to the wish wall in Times Square or online. And those wishes are turned into the confetti that falls over the crowd at midnight. This is why I love humans. This stuff right there, that that you just heard is darling and sweet and hopeful, and it gives me hope in people. Now, instead of a ball, Miami, Florida rings in the new year with an orange. The raising of Mr. Neon, this 35-foot sunglass-clad metal fruit, has been a tradition for over 30 years. And in Key West, Florida, a drag queen descends in a shoe. The female impersonator named Sushi is lowered from a bar rooftop in a giant red high-heeled shoe. This has been happening since 1996. And I love that. 
So not only am I now going to make a trip to Denmark, I am also going to be making a trip to Key West. 100%. I will see sushi. I will wave at sushi. And sushi and I might later grab a glass of champagne together. I don't know how the evening's going to go, but I imagine it could go like that. Since we're dealing with different locations, Pennsylvania towns have traditions that play off their names. Like in Mechanicsburg, they drop a wrench. And in Dillsburg, they drop a pickle. Moving over to Brazil, many Brazilians welcome the New Year's at the beach. Okay, so maybe I'm also going to be planning a trip to Brazil because that sounds actually lovely. And there in Brazil, it is considered good luck to jump seven waves. Now here's a helpful hint. AAA offers free rides home. Don't worry about surge pricing. If you've had too much to drink on New Year's Eve and other holidays, AAAs in most states offers free rides home to people who've had one too many. Another mystical, mysterious tradition happened in January 1, 2000. A song that takes 1,000 years to play launched on that date. Composer Jem Biner wrote the piece called A Long Player, which can be heard at London's Trinity Buoy Wharf or over a live stream. It's being performed by Singing Bowls and is set to start all over again immediately after it finishes in 2,999. Now, I will be worm food, but like I said, you can find a live stream of this. I think you should go check it out. It seems something fun and cool that we should be knowing about. As the hour fast approaches, here are a few things we can do to bring on the good luck. As mentioned, eat those collard greens, kiss a well-meaning stranger or your significant other. And if you are someone who wants to travel this upcoming year, then a common Colombian tradition suggests that you grab an empty suitcase and run around the block and back. And since you have those running shoes on, go ahead and run around your house seven times. This tradition is also thought to bring on good luck as well. Plus get some cardio in. Perhaps one of my favorites is the common Chinese superstition that demands we not clean our homes on New Year's Day. The thought is that you might throw all that good luck away with the trash. So ignore the broom until January 2nd. And I hope tonight as you celebrate this tradition-packed holiday, you throw on a big old pair of red granny panties underneath that sparkly dress. You pour yourself one of three million glasses of champagne this country will be toasting with. And don't forget the donuts, because any holiday that demands you eat a good luck donut should not be let down, in my opinion. And cheers. Happy New Year to you and yours. I'll leave you with this. Should all the acquaintance be God, I never brought in mind. Should all acquaintance be for God and old lang For old lang syne, my joe, for Surely I'll be 
For all. 